Hello, my friends, and welcome to a bonus, bonus babble. This is the episode uh, number nine for the 29th of July. And as you may well know, this should have been Bits and Bobs episode 30. So let's address that immediately. Uh, we are not doing a Bits and Bobs today. Uh, and I pretty much decided just right now to do one of these instead because I've got a bunch of games I want to talk about this week and I don't want to forget about them. But we're not doing a Bits and Bobs because Frank sometimes contributor to the podcast and always mascot uh, this is richard's lovely little dog he's very poorly and richard is at home taking care of him and frankly i didn't want to force richard into recording a podcast joel wasn't going to be able to make it this week anyway uh, i didn't want to force him to do a podcast where he's clearly his mind is elsewhere looking after little frank and uh, obvious like obviously it goes without saying and i've already posted about this on facebook but um all our, our hearts go out to Frank uh, in the hopes for a speedy recovery and uh, hope Richard's okay as well. And that's why he's not here. And that's that, why he's not here and why we're not doing a podcast. Uh, would have been about five o'clock this afternoon. Uh, but we're going to be doing this bonus babble instead. And I'm going to talk about some games. But yeah, Frank, get well. We love you loads, little dude. You know, most people have pets. You know how it feels if your pet's sick. You know, it's like a member of the family, a child's ill. You know, it's awful. And uh, frankly, Frank... Sort yourself out, get better. Okay, so we're going to move on from that now. And uh, yeah, I guess the big news for me this week, and I'm going to start this straight away, but we're going to talk about this a lot more on uh, future bits and bobs because both Richard and Joel already have a Nintendo Switch, but I got a Nintendo Switch, finally. It's been a weird week of ups and downs, actually, because I got a Nintendo Switch partly because my kitchen flooded. Yeah, okay, that's a sort of a mad connection doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense but um yeah the kitchen flooded the right new foot of our own uh and actually it was a repair that had gone wrong and so because of that uh cost of fixing this and the cost of uh replacing things like units and appliances uh are not something we've got to worry about uh that's all going to be taken care of and it was shitty and uh, annoying and meant we didn't have water for a few days so i thought i'm gonna get into the switch to cheer myself up uh a website i like to use had them in stock shop to always great service must say very, very good service from those guys. Very quick turnaround. And I went, yes, get me. A we have the Splatoon 2 bundle. I'm going to get Mario Kart. I'm going to get Zelda. I'll probably pick up a couple of games digitally as well. Everything was going great. It arrived. Um, I was playing on it while workmen were working in my kitchen and stuff, just as a distraction from the shittiness of that situation. Uh, things were going great. And then the left Joy-Con basically stopped working. Um what seemed to happen is, I mean, I know there have been problems with the left Joy-Con in the past. Um, these problems were to do with when you were using it uh, wirelessly or using the Bluetooth connection uh, and it wasn't docked that, you know, it would lose sync. Now, I thought maybe it was just that. It wasn't just that. It was happening when it was docked. Uh, none of the buttons at all on the controller would be registered as inputs. The controller would then uh, desync itself, turn itself off almost immediately after being disconnected from the console. So it was basically useless. Uh, I've been on the phone to Nintendo. They've been great. They've sorted me out with a return situation. They're going to try and fix it or send me a replacement. I don't know. But I went out and today I bought myself another controller, which isn't a cheap option at £80 a pop. Um, however, I'm not going to have just bought a new piece of hardware and then not be able to use that. That's too depressing for words. Uh, you could call me crazy for spending more money like that. I was intending on picking up another controller in the future anyway, so it's not the end of the world in that regard, you know, but still not great situation. I don't know what's going on with that. I've never had a problem like that so quickly after buying hardware. Obviously, I buy a lot of hardware, and I'm kind of amazed at that failure rate. Um, 
at, well, just appalled, really. I mean, I wasn't a happy person, obviously. Uh, very, very disappointed, very gutted about that. Uh, however, things look good with a new controller. It's the Splatoon 2 one. Um, so it's got a really funky color scheme, and it goes really well with the other controllers I've got. So that looks really cool on the console. Just fingers crossed the problem doesn't arise again. Um, obviously, I'll let you guys know. Um, quickly, though, before I get onto all the games now, let's move on from the, the Switch up. I'm going to talk about the games and the console, my experience with it much more, when I've got Richard and Joel to bounce off of, because they're, they're old hands, and they they kind of convinced me to get this. And, you know, so far the games have been amazing, and I can't wait to talk about Zelda and Splatoon. We're going to be playing that online and stuff like that. It's going to be great. But let's move on from the Switch now. Let's talk about a little bit about San Diego Comic-Con. Obviously, there was lots of uh, trailers and film stuff came out of that, but there was one I wanted to mention now, one I wanted to talk about, and that's the Ready Player One trailer. Now, this is ba this is the film by Steven Spielberg, in my opinion, probably the greatest director of all time, the, gr the director that's made so many of my favorite films, and my number one favorite film of all time, which is Jaws. Uh, I, I can watch that again and again and again and again and again, and I never get bored of it. I absolutely love it. I think it's pretty much a perfect movie. Um, but he's directing Ready Player One, which is the film based on the book by Ernest Cline. Now, probably a lot of you guys have read Ready Player One or listened to the audiobook narrated by Will Wheaton, or in my case, listened to the audiobook and also read the book a couple of times. This book is not a good book. It is not a particularly well-written book. However, the adventure it goes on, it is so... It, it nails my demo. It nails who I am as, uh, as a person. It gets the nostalgia from when I grew up. It gets the gamer in me and the film buff in me and the nerd in me, and it just... It's like throws in so many things that keep me hooked and keep me interested in spite of the pretty poor second act, in spite of the pretty bad characterization. And the fact, you know, I read his, I was excited to read the second book he wrote, Armada, and it just proves he's not a great writer. Maybe his craft will improve. Um, but as a film, this trailer was incredible. I am so excited. It's it's full of CGI. There's very little character in this or plot in this, and I'm looking forward to seeing what some of the characterization is like because they've got a real cast of people I'm particularly interested in. I really like TJ Miller. I really like um, the guy who was the bad guy in Rogue One, whose name has just eluded me for the moment. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing what their performances are like. Can't say I know who the lead is that well as the actor. I kind of recognize his face in the trailer, but I can't say from what. However, this trailer is all the action. It is all CGI. It was all set in the Oasis, which is the virtual world of Ready Player One. But because it's a virtual world, you kind of give the CGI a pass. I don't think it's trying to be realistic. It's trying to look like a video game to a degree. And it's full of references from Freddy Krueger to Halo to Gears of War to other movie stuff to obviously Back to the Future. The DeLorean plays a huge part. Iron Giant's in there who's going to be a big part of this. And the, the rumor is that when uh, Spielberg approached these license holders, these people that hold all these geeky properties from the last 30 years and said to him hey we want to making this film can we use this stuff almost everybody just was like yeah because they know they've read this book they've seen this book they know this property and they know it is a love letter like very little in it is like negative about any of those aspects of the 80s or anything to do with that so they knew it's a positive um and very sort of like happy fun iteration of those licenses and properties so that means he's got it all it's all going to be in there and it's going to be amazing and it looks crazy and you know the, the book purists are out there there's a big car chase scene at the end of this trailer and it's like that's not in the book uh i don't care because it looks fantastic uh so i can't wait to see that's going to be the big summer release of next year and i'm hyped for that you know just in comparison to how bad like the cgi 
ness of the of the Justice League trailer look, which just looked unfinished and awful and ropey. Because of the setting of Ready Player One, they can get away with so much, I think, with that CGI. And because it's Steven Spielberg, and frankly, he's amazing, and I just can't wait. I'm I'm proper hyped for that. That's probably the thing I was most excited from from San Diego Comic Con. Okay, let's talk about some games now because I played a, a bunch of big new indie releases from the last sort of week or so. Um, I've probably played in my I've probably played like all of them actually, all the big releases. So we got first of all, let's talk about Avon Colony. Now, Avon Colony is another sort of city management, though maybe on a smaller scale because it's a, a space colony rather than a than a, like a city skyline. Like, like the game I reviewed not long ago, Planet Base, which is what I draw a parallel to a lot in the review as well, because it is the most easy game to draw a parallel to. There's not, there's really the only other game like this on console. And I loved Planet Base. Uh, and my biggest criticism of Planet Base was its lack of variety in the structures you could build. Um, it was pared down because they were trying to be realistic. Avon Colony is a little less, less realistic because it sets up around the future. So because of that, we have much more variety in the building of, uh, of the different sort of some things you can build there's also way more systems at play in avon colony that are balancing off each other loads more stats loads more sort of uh, management screens you can dig into and if you want that kind of thing from a management game which i do because i love a good management game it's nirvana it's as close to perfection as you're probably going to get with a sci-fi city managing game uh, on console specifically. The controls work really well, the performance is very good, it's a stable game, it looks great, it's even got some pretty decent voice acting, it's got a pretty funny and engaging storyline as well as the uh, campaign stuff, as well as um, sandbox modes. It's really everything you want from that type of game, and considering it's been made by this tiny little developer, I think off the top of my head, head Mothership Entertainment maybe, or something like that, Mothership, they've done an incredible job with this game. Um, you can see the love that's been poured into it, the time that's been poured into it, that the development has obviously been going on for some time. Um, and unlike Planet Base, it hasn't been out for three years already on PC. I might be exaggerating, but it was something like that. Uh, and that means we got this game new on console at the same time as PC release. And I really rate it. I gave it five stars because I think it is an exemplar of the genre on console. Uh, and there isn't a better example of this out there. Uh, and so if you're in the mood for this, if you, you know, maybe you used to have a good enough PC to run like the, the big Civ games and stuff, you know, maybe you don't anymore, maybe you become a console game and you fancy that experience, Avon Colony is great, is a fantastic example of that. Now, another game I reviewed uh, in the last week or so was this weird game, really weird game called Vostok Inc., Another small indie game by a strange um, developer. I don't know if they're strange, but it's. I think they must be because this game is strange. This is let's take an idle clicker, you know, like a cookie clicker. If you remember the, that one, that was huge. And I think there's a couple of free to play ones on the Xbox already. That clicker game. So, you know, you click, click, click. You're doing like nothing and, and you skin a box. Things ping up and you make money and the numbers go up. Um, and you take that and you mix it with a twin stick shooter. Yep. That's what I thought as well. And I didn't really know what I was getting into when I started playing this game. And it starts off as a twin stick shooter and you're just flying around space, your little spaceship, and you're flying around the solar system, you're shooting dudes, you're blowing up asteroids and you're picking up gold. And then you land on a planet. And when you land on a planet, that's where you can build the money production stuff, the automated money generation system of a clicker. And you know, you, you can automate it and you can, first of all, you have to fly to different planets to collect the money. And then when you buy, you buy these more expensive things like the satellites in orbit, so they automatically collect the money for you. And then you get into the rhythm. So you go out, you kill some enemies, 
you pick up some dudes and you, these dudes are like different like bonuses to them so you can get like these managers and execs and stuff and they'll give bonuses to your production uh, and there's boss fights and all kinds of things like that in each of the different solar systems and you can upgrade your ship and you can upgrade your radar and your guns and you can upgrade the production facilities there's lots in this game there's more systems at play here than you maybe at first realize and also there's this management screen where the execs live where they all have mini games so you can manage their stats but you also have these like crazy low resolution mini games uh one of which was the first person shooter i was playing the other night and this is just a game within this game like just thrown in there for a laugh is the only thing i can think of they're all quite simple but they're all quite well made as well there's a great soundtrack i think the visual style of the game is brilliant it's got this funny dialogue and these funny characters you know you're very capitalistic you're very like 80s as if you launched into space with this advanced space technology but it was all in the 80s like the 80s never ended uh, and greed is good. Basically, like I think the developer compares it to Wolf of Wall Street in space. You know, I think I've seen that quote, which is not true. That's crazy, but it's funny, and it just like really nails home the comedy of this uh, whole game experience. And I think it's out on PlayStation, but the release on Xbox, sadly, which is the platform I actually reviewed it on, the release has been delayed. It's now coming out this coming week. Uh, and I honestly think if you're it's a, a marriage made in heaven. This combination of twin stick shooter and idle clicker. I never thought of that ever before, but now I couldn't imagine it ever being with like split apart. I don't want to play any other kind of clicker. This is a clicker for life. Um, because it's because rather than just doing boring clicking functions, you're, you're doing something that's more engaging. You're doing something with skill. Um, there are these screen locked battles, as they call it, when you get hit by a scout, and then it turns into just a pure twin stick shooter with waves of enemies that will come at you in different styles, depending on the solar system. You have there'll be different types of enemies. They've got different behaviors, and you know you've got to try and get a high score to get more gold. And they can be really challenging. And there's like mechanics in place, like when you die in this game, when your ship gets blown up, you get a little escape pod, and you have to run back to your home base. Otherwise, you can lose. I think it's half the money you have currently in the account which once you get further and further into the game and the numbers get into the silly ridiculous levels of the trillions of billions of quadrillions of zillions and things like that and then numbers that they just probably just make up um you know losing half of that that's losing a lot of money um so you it's it's a hilarious combination of aspects i gave this four stars and i, I can't recommend it enough it's so much fun it's absolutely ridiculous um and it's such a fun crazy combination All right now we switch platforms. We go from Xbox to PlayStation. I did a, a rare PS4 video review for uh, Sundered, which is a big indie release that's just come out this week on PS4. Now, I, I was talking about fun and ridiculousness of Vostok, Vostok Inc. And uh, Sundered couldn't really be more of a difference. It's an incredibly challenging, incredibly hard game, very serious game. Uh, it's not really about humor. You're this uh, woman that gets sucked into like this underworld. Now, Sundered, by the way, I should mention, uh, was developed by the people that uh, developed Jotun. So you know it's going to look good. If you've seen the Jotun, Cameron reviewed that back in the day, gave it five stars. Has a beautiful, same as Sundered, a beautiful 2D painted art style with amazing animation, just gorgeous animation. Um, Sundered is going to beat the living shit out of you, though. This game makes death a feature. Because you will die so much. You will die in unfair situations where you will get swarmed by enemies coming off the, off the sides of the screen out of seemingly nowhere. And they will just pile on you and rip you to pieces. Now, this isn't a game I would normally enjoy. Now, this is where I put the critic hat on. Because sometimes you have to look at games when you're a critic or you're reviewing something. And you've got to look past just what you maybe find fun and look at 
what is the design ethos here how well has this been crafted um, will this be fun for the audience it's aiming at which might not necessarily be you and I think that's the case here with Sunder. This game is beautifully well made from the, the sound design to the visuals, which I can't tell you how, how pretty this game is. When you see some of these screen filling bosses like in Jotun, you will be blown away by the art design. These eldritch, creatively constructed monstrosities. They are absolutely vibrant and they pop off the screen and you can't, you can't enjoy them enough they just the visual design is impeccable and you know on top of that we have a very tightly controlled 2d action game you know the controls of your character she moves around perfectly she's got a really good jump mechanic she's got great combat mechanics um which will evolve as you play through the game and you find new uh, game types. one thing i haven't touched upon yet is the type of action rpg this is this is a metroidvania game but with an interesting twist so we got you know, the, the world is split up into rooms and you can only access certain areas uh, if you have the right abilities to do it, which you will get later on. And you can then, of course, it's non-linear, so you can come back to those areas with those power-ups and those abilities and access areas you couldn't before. But the twist is that the rooms, it's like the overarching world design will stay the same. The overarching location of key points, bosses and artifact rooms and certain other level up areas, they will stay the same. However, the rooms within those locations are randomly generated or procedurally generated is a better word for it, uh, as are the enemy spawns. So sometimes you might find yourself getting through an area really easily with minimal engagement and other times it's gonna be a real slog that might kill you. And when you do die, I mentioned that death was a feature. When you die, that's when you put points into your skills. And that's how um, the developers behind Sundered have kind of gone for this idea that there's a reward to death. It is a hard game, but each time you come back, you're going to be a slightly more better equipped to deal with the challenges. You're going to get slightly further through the level. You might beat that mini boss. You might beat this time that major boss because of the skill points you've been able to spend leveling up your character for that next run through. So there's a balance to it. And everything here is beautifully designed. Everything from the, the leveling up screens to the combat to the world, this game is crafted to be this game perfectly. That's why I gave it four stars. Even though there is uh, you know, some performance issues, there's some frame rate issues, there's some crashes that they didn't happen to me. Um, I think hopefully the latest patches help deal with that. And the loading times are really long, <laughs> especially as you might die a lot in this game. You have to wait quite a while. And in a way, that's, it's kind of like the Dark Souls thing. It's like, oh, take a breath, sit back, relax, think about why you died. Think about what happened and how you're going to do it better next time and what path you're going to take with upgrading to help improve your chances this time. So maybe maybe that's how you could excuse long loading times, but I suspect it's not a design reason. I suspect it's a technical limitation and it's just a shame they're not a bit snappier. And like I said, this isn't necessarily a game I like. I bounced off the Dark Souls games, however, I love The Surge. And I think um, this is a, it's a bit Souls-like. It's nowhere near as Souls-like as The Surge was to the Dark Souls games. Um, which I, I really enjoy the said, but this is more of an action RPG maybe than Dark Souls, and it is more accessible than Dark Souls, don't get me wrong. But the problem is it presents itself as a very accessible action RPG, and when you get into it, you're just going to get your ass kicked, and you're going to be like, what? And you might well bounce off of this really sort of severely because of that surprise. And I hope you don't. I hope you stick with it. So like I said, I've been playing some amazing games. That's a five-star and two four-stars already, and I haven't even talked about the game I was most excited about playing this week, uh, which I haven't put enough time into yet because I didn't get it through review. So obviously I put it on the back burner because of uh, review stuff, which I wanted to get out of the way. But I've also been playing Pyre, which is the new game by Supergiant Games.
And I love those guys. I absolutely adore Supergiant Games. Now, ever since they brought out Bastion, when I actually, and this was, I think, when I was taking a break from critic stuff, but I actually wrote the developers at Supergiant an email after beating Bastion twice in a row in two days, like without a break. I loved it that much. I actually wrote them an email uh, to their developer email. They were very small at the time. I think, you know, they were still relatively under the radar. This is on the Xbox Live Arcade. I was telling them how much I love their game. Um, and I don't do that. I don't ever fan geek out about anything, but it really blew me away, that game. Uh, the combination of the action, the perfect level design, with that amazing interactive voiceover. Absolutely adored it. So here we are with Pyre. Pyre is weird, guys. I like it. I like it a lot. And talking about beautiful games, this is a stunner. The, the art style in this, the 2D painterly art style, once again, it's even better than I think Sunder. Even It talks to me even more than Sunder does because it's more intimate, because it's the locations are smaller, because it's all character-driven. And talking of character-driven, especially at the start of the game, Pyre is basically a visual novel, which is weird, which is like they decided this is all going to be about the story and the actual action side of things, the actual combat, how you really interact with the game is also almost feels like an afterthought. And I know that's not right. And I know that's not true because they've been showing off that sports like combat for some time now, but the way this game presents itself early doors is, is going to put so many people off because you're going to have played transition. You're going to have played bastion and you're going to play this and you're going to just be like, what 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 have I spent money on? What is this? What this isn't what I wanted at all, um, because it's a lot of reading. That's the the biggest surprise to me, and in a way, the biggest disappointment. And I, it's a limitation I understand, obviously, because there's so much character stuff in there, there's so much dialogue, and there's so much text. There's no way they could voice over it all. There's not. They're a small team. There's just no way they they, they to the standards they would have wanted. For the same reason, they didn't put online multiplayer into this game. They didn't want to put in a feature that wasn't you know a plus. And they did, that's probably why they didn't do VO. But considering how amazing the VO in Bastion and Transistor is, it's a real bummer that it isn't there for all the character interactive moments. Don't get me wrong, they have like that sort of Final Fantasy-esque thing where there's like, they do a little bit of gibberish um, in an accent, which conveys feeling and intent rather than the specifics of the dialogue. And it works really well. And, I, you know, that coupled with the dialogue is really, you know, the characters are really forming up beautifully for me. And I'm, I've already got favorites, and I really, really care about a lot of them, even though I'm only a few hours in. Um, I just would have liked more. I'm, I'm just greedy, because they have this, like, announcer character who's, like, some kind of god when you're doing these rites, which is the main combat bit, which I'll talk about in a moment. And his voice acting is brilliant. It's funny. It's cutting. It's sarcastic. It's got a great tone to it. It's, it's resonant and deep, but it's not, like, cliche. Uh, it's fantastic. So the basic premise, to give you guys a little bit of um, conceptualization here for Pyre, is that you are in this sort of purgatory world where all the criminals and the outcasts from this society uh, are thrown to live forever in basically punishment hell. It sucks, doesn't it? And you're like part of this group that wants to escape. There's meant to be a way out through this thing called the rights. And like I said, I haven't played uh, all the way through to the end yet, but the rights are a sports game. It's three on three. You pass this orb around and you have to dunk it in the enemy's goal. And every time you dunk it, depending on how you do it, You'll take points off of their 100 point total. And then when you do that, when you get it to zero, you win. And this happens at story prescribed times. And uh, I think the mechanics at play in this sports game are fantastic. Um, 
you know, it's three on three. You can pick the components of your team, the different players, so that you can have different types of classes that play differently. You can focus on speed or you can focus on defensibility, all kinds of things like that. There's lots of variety to it. Uh, and I can see myself really digging into it. It's very strange, though. I mean, I've never played. I don't think I've ever played a fantasy visual novel RPG with a sports like ritualistic combat system before. If you have, please let me know. Um, but I'm really enjoying it. I, I think the visuals, the amazing God, Darren, Darren on the music is amazing. Like he's a guy that worked with them with the Bastion and Transistor, and the soundtrack for this is just as great as those ones are. Like it's one another one you're going to buy basically. Um, coupled with the, it's just stunning. Well, there are moments where the caravan moves around the environment, uh, like a scene transitions to take you to the next area where the next right's going to be, and it. It's just so visually different and colorful and there's depth to it. And it's just, oh, it just sucks you into the screen. It looks absolutely phenomenal. Phenomenal. Character design is exciting. Character design is exciting as well. Uh, I like everything about how when there are different teams in the rights face off against each other, they've got like different colored raiments. And it's like, you know, they're like sports teams. And it's really weird, but I, I love it. It's totally unique. And how can you not love a developer that's making unique games like this? I mean, most of the games I've just talked about, Sundered, Vostok, Inc., and Pyre, I can't say even Colony because, sadly, it's pretty much a better version of Planet Base. But those games are unique, and that is why I love indie games, and that is why I've come on to record this bonus, bonus babble, because I want to talk about these games, and I want you guys to hear about these games, and I don't want people to miss them, um, because they are so good. And if I was reviewing Pyre, um, I'm not, like I said, near the end or anything yet, but right now it's a clear five stars. It is something special. It is totally unique. It is fun. It is engaging. It is well written. I'm enjoying it so much. I will try and get some talk about it in on bits and bobs with the guys next week. I hope at least one of those, uh, in a couple of weeks' time, sorry, I hope at least one of them has played it, Or, but none of them will be a super giant fan like me because I just can't get enough. So I'm getting a really tired throat now, and I need a drink. And I'm a bit lightheaded here for monologuing for the, all this time. So I'm going to stop now, and I'll be back next week with another bonus babble, uh, as predict a predictable scheduled bonus babble. But please head over to bxbgames.co.uk and check out all these reviews, and head over to iTunes and find us and give us a rating and a review, and head over to Twitter and find us at BXB Games and follow us on there, and Facebook at BXB Games and follow us on there. I have been Ben, editor in chief of. Games, aren't they? Yeah, there, there is that website and I'll be back next week to talk about more games and uh, in the meantime I don't know I've, I've not got a lot of reviews pending right now I don't think any of the guys do so I don't know what content will be out in the next week um, hopefully something actually I think Joel's working on something uh, it's like a JRPG thing on PlayStation I can't tell you what it is off the top of my head but so hopefully that will appear at least and uh, I look forward to talking about lots of Nintendo Switch as well when the guys are all uh, available again for a chat. So that's been a bonus babble for the 29th of July. I guess I'll talk to you all in August. Ta-ta for now.